Hello, and welcome to the Overland Journal podcast. I'm your host, Scott Brady, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Scott. We are all drinking champagne right now, which is celebratory in some small way, but more, I think, um, as lubrication for conversation. Let's call it that. <laughs> so I, I, I am very, very excited to have Lindsay and Jessica. They are the co-founders of Lodestone Events, who put on the Overland Expo that we have come to know and love. This event is very dear to me. It's been exciting to see it grow from conversations that even started in my kitchen. So this is really exciting to see from 2009 until today, where we're going to have 30,000 people we've heard Ooh. here in Flagstaff, which is, is it a, the biggest number long. yet? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Definitely yes. the biggest number so far. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. Sure. How does the number 30,000 feel to you? Uh, it feels really great because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of pent up energy in the mm. industry. And so we knew that the event was going to be really strong this year, but people came out in droves, even in the rain mm. on Sunday. So we were really impressed by yeah, that. Yeah, that was great. It's definitely a hearty community. Yeah, I think it's cool. Definitely cool. I went to my first Overland Expo when I was 21 and I was not drinking champagne in an earth roamer then. <laughs> <laughs> I, was drinking, I was drinking PBR and whatever Scott had me sleeping in oh, so, nice. um, nice. some version of a trailer or a roof tent. Exactly. Yeah, probably yeah. something like that. I mean, it right. wasn't bad. It was great. No, it was cool. I was 21. Every day is a good day. Every <laughs> day is a good day. We've all grown up. Yeah. You know? yeah. But we still had PBR on Fridays. So. Oh yeah. I've yeah. got, I've got a fridge full of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, just in case. The apple does not fall far from the tree. Champagne budget, beer taste. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good. I like that. See what I did there. Thanks to this week's sponsor, GCI Outdoor. Whether you're heading out for a weekend of adventure in the woods or to your backyard fire pit, GCI Outdoor gear is ready for whatever you have planned. GCI Outdoor has been around for 25 years, so they know what they're doing when it comes to the best in portable recreation gear. GCI has innovative products ranging from outdoor rockers to complete camp kitchens and everything in between. And with a limited lifetime warranty, you know they stand behind everything they make. GCI Outdoor Gear is comfortable, durable, and built for adventures, big and small. Try them out for yourself. Head over to their website at GCIOutdoor.com and save 10% off your first purchase when you sign up for their email list. Thanks again, GCI. Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the attendance is, is an absolutely fantastic, you know, it's a, it's a great judge of, of yes. what Overland Expo has become and is definitely representative of the foundation that Roseanne and Jonathan kind of set forth no for, for the brand. So, um, but on top of that, the industry support here this weekend between the media that's here and then the, you know, over 400 brands that are, are here to, you know, sell product and introduce new product and to engage with the community is mm. really fantastic. Yeah. Well, and for me, one of the foundations of the event that I've always been so proud to be associated with is the way that you help to inspire and educate new folks to the overlanding space. And it looks like that has remained a priority for you and your team. Can you talk a little bit about how you view that part of the event and maybe even how you intend to grow that more in the future? Sure. <laughs> so, um, well, so they're, they're sisters, by the way, yeah. so, and this <laughs> is going to be very entertaining. We, we, each do, other's senses, we share so. the same brain. So, <laughs> um, we can all, we can both answer these questions, but Matt and I still hope we would get a brain at some point. Yes, right. I don't really have one. <laughs> Maybe you will after a glass of champagne. Spark, spark, we think yeah. we, we'll think we do. Yes. We'll think we do. Yes. So we were really impressed. Um, you know, uh, we teach some Overland um, uh, foundational classes here and we're really impressed with the attendance in those classes. Um, so many newcomers to um, to the hobby and um, we feel a duty really to help to train those people to Overland responsibly mm. and to learn the basics um, responsibly and to mm. know what they need and what they don't need and to know that they can find all those items here at Overland Expo. Mm. So we had an event on Friday night, a foundation raffle. We asked everyone, hundreds of people at this raffle, asked everyone, who who here is this your first Overland Expo? Yeah. Nearly 85, 90% of the people raised their hand. And yeah. we were amazed to see that many newcomers yeah, to the that's, show. That's so fantastic from like the industry side. Like I'm mm-hmm. media and an exhibitor here. This is how people get into it. This is how, you know, we, we talked to so many people. I'm going to Overland Expo to learn about overlining. I want to check that out. It's kind of the entry point, I feel, for this for this hobby, for this passion. Um, I, I think it's hugely important and so happy to see it back. So happy to see that you guys survived and that now you're thriving. I mean, 30,000 people is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is. Well, yeah. and we introduced a new show this year in Colorado, uh, the Mountain West event. And we had over 17,000 attendees there for a first year. It was fantastic. I was impressed by that. The event, <laughs> one of the things I really liked about it, it was very 
very easy to get around vendors. It was the way that the whole event was laid out, I thought was very efficient to get around. I also liked the fact that there was a little bit of difference in that elevation. So you could kind of get up towards mm-hmm. that big building right. and just get a sense of the scale and the space that was there. So I really enjoyed that event. I think you're going to do well with that, especially with the proximity to Denver. Yeah. Well, and the same thing at our foundation event on Friday night, you know, we had, you know, hundreds of people in the room and it was a lot of Overland experience folks that will go through our training programs and the education programs on site. And we had, you know, 80% of those folks were brand new to the industry. So that's, you know, or I I should say brand new to Overland Expo. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's a testament to the brand, but, um, you know, as Jessica was saying, the education component of that is so important because if we're the first stop for them to come and, and to get inspired and get educated, we have to make sure that that education is, you know, it has a foundation in Overland respectfully and and to to be able to, you know, uh, work with, you know, great partners with like the BDR and mm-hmm. and also tread lightly to to make sure that our training is, is on point for those things. Yeah. And yeah. you have 7P too, which is like yeah. the absolute best of they the are. best of the best. They World are. class. Yeah. yeah. And with yeah. Overland experience, you know, you get, you get that hands-on driving experience. I mean, anybody at the event can come to any of the, you know, the basic education programs, but that upgraded, you know, training experience mm-hmm. with 7P and the DART team for our adventure motorcycle team. Yeah. Builder Goo is fantastic as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, very fortunate to have a very great group. And again, it's a foundation that, you know, Jonathan and Roseanne and, and really the Overland community has, has, it's a great opportunity for us because it was a foundation that was set before we. Yeah. They were very passionate about making sure that training component was there, that environmental consideration. As the industry grows, what we're going to see more and more is these ancillary industries wanting to get involved with this rapidly growing segment. And oftentimes there can be some challenges with that. Side-by-sides come to mind where it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with a side-by-side, but it, it is a different form of travel. And if we bring them in through that process of training, tread lightly, understanding that there are speed limits on trails and things like that, then I think it could be successful. But What we want to be really mindful of is when we do integrate ancillary communities, that they come in through that process of training and awareness and understanding that we're a guest on public lands and that we're a guest in foreign countries. And we we have to come into it from the mindset of minimizing our impact on communities, on individuals, on trails, for example. And that's one thing that's really important, I think, with 7P is that they understand that impact. And they know that they can recommend people, look, don't have groups over three to five because it ends up expanding campsites and get trails closed down. And so there's, we're starting to see that good communication happening, which is so important. Well, and I think, you know, we're also reaching out across, you know, different lines of communication to, you know, in, embrace the outdoor community because mm-hmm. the majority of where we're finding our growth in people that are coming to the space are folks that are not Overland curious, but they're yeah. backpackers or they're hikers or they're mountain bikers. And they we want- see so much growth from mountain bikers and climbers yes. and that kind of stuff. Fly it's fishermen. Just, you know, they may not identify as an Overlander, but they yes. have the Tacoma with the bumper and the mat they're tracks and the roof rack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's their base camp yeah. to go a little bit further. And I think mm-hmm. it's been cool to kind of see that integrated into the event as well. I mean, yeah. And we share a foundation with, you know, the outdoor recreation communities. And I think, you know, in the, in the public land debate, you know, there's room for everyone on, you know, public land. And it is, it's an opportunity for all of us to get out and see how beautiful this country is. Yeah. And we're so incredibly, um, it's just amazing what this, what this country can provide to us. Yeah. And I mean, we're, it's just an amazing country. It really is. And there's so much to see. And this really facilitates that. And then we were so fortunate in one way with, with the pandemic is that it encouraged so many people to get out. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's why you're seeing this big boost in attendees is that so many people did go buy a sprinter van or they did put a roof tent on their forerunner and they went out and they socially distanced by going to some beautiful place. And now they realize that this is something that they really enjoy. So it's exciting to see this not only continued adoption, which we expected, but we've seen this almost turbocharging of the industry because of what has happened over the last year. There's like so many sprinters now. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Like I just got married in Telluride and Scott was there and it was like sprinter, 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 sprinter. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. I I even saw like a a sticker on a Tacoma that was like 
one less sprinter. I think Sinway. <laughs> I, I think Sinway has one on his uh, on his ring, uh, on Range his, Rover, on his, yeah, uh, no. on his GS or something too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you know, good. and I know Overland Expo has traditionally been more of like a vehicle based adventure community, but we're trying to be more welcoming to the sprinter van community yeah, as yeah, well. Sure. So, well, it, they make so much so sense, much. right? Absolutely, yeah. and they can be built very capable. We have several vendors here at this show that are building more capable vehicles, yep, stronger vans yes. that are able to go deeper into the backcountry, and and that's certainly one of the foundations of overlanding is getting yeah. remote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. You know, again, going back to like the industry support here, even this weekend at Overland Expo, the amount of product, the new product and the innovation that's mm-hmm. gone into those products is really incredible. I yeah. mean, there is so much more accessibility to all of these vehicles across the board and yeah. so many different varieties of products that are out there today. And so. just bringing modern conveniences to your camping adventure. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. incredible. As we sit here in an earth roamer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Drinking champagne. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is a very rough day at Overland Expo. Uh, Another question that comes to mind for me, now that you two have spent several years managing these events, I've, I've really seen your experience running events kind of permeate the processes of Overland Expo. It's definitely handled the increased crowd size because of all of your experiences with that. But what have you two learned about oh. overlanding? Like what what's the standout realizations that you've had that are maybe different from the events that you ran before? What What's different about this community? The community is so different. Um, all the communities we've worked with have been wonderful in their own ways, but this community is so kind. They want to talk to each other. They want to swap fab techniques. They want to inspire each other. And we have loved getting to know so many of like the instructors and the presenters that have been a part of this community for so many years. That's been such a treat to get to know these wonderful people that yeah. are part of the yeah. community. And I think, you know, the the products and the people in the industry, the community, it's the authenticity of all the brands that are here and the people that are here. I mean, that is, there's a resounding underlying current of, of authenticity with, with everything that, that is presented here at Overland Expo. And I have to also, you know, I've got to get a shout out to the, you know, the Overland Expo, like OG team, you know, they, those folks like, you know, Eva Rupert, Nazar Neal, and, you know, Allison DeLapp, Anthony, Anthony yep. you yeah. know, all of those they folks. They are wonderful humans. Salt of yeah. the earth. Wonderful, wonderful humans. People. Yeah. Yes. And, and they have, they all had these incredible hidden talents. Mm-hmm. They were doing things for Overland Expo, but over the last two years, we found new hidden talents in mm. all of them. And we've tried to put them on a pedestal to bring those talents out and yeah. they are just shining this yeah. year. They really are. And I think, you know, that's, we obviously had some hard times during COVID-19 because mm. of uh, the events completely being shut down. So that has been a challenge for us, but our team stayed together. You know, the, the group is very strong. We're stronger now than we ever have been, but, you know, Lodestone is currently bringing on, you know, a ton of support people, but you know, the, the original team are kind of our brand ambassadors, our leaders and in, in how we move the company forward. And the rest of the team has now been brought in to basically manage the like real logistics that have to go behind, you know, producing like a world-class event. And yeah. so they're basically the the infrastructure that's been needed to to really support the authenticity of the brand. And, and, and the growth of the industry for sure. Right. But those are, you know, the the original team um, that was that was a part of the, you know, the founding of Overland Expo, including 7P and, and Roseanne and Jonathan still are very active with us and, and right with us. And, you know, those folks are those folks are leading the charge in how we are developing and moving yeah. forward. I think it's cool how that core team is still here. Oh, you know, yeah. And I think like oh, the yeah. worry, the worry when, you know, here Overland Expo got sold is like, what's going to happen? Gonna happen? What's going to happen to the community? <laughs> like, Guys, there was so like, much institutional knowledge with that team. Um, is great. You know, an ownership that would come in and clean house like that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. institutional knowledge there. And authenticity you, that. Yes. I think the community was really counting on Absolutely. staying around. So, so well, one thing it, that we have learned so much is just from the OG uh, Overland Expo team, we have learned the ways of this community. Uh, we've learned some things about producing the event because this event was produced differently than any other shows we'd ever produced. And uh, in the beginning, we were like, I don't know that you want to do it that way, but we watched them do it that way. And mm. we were like, this works. Mm. This works. And this is the way it's been here. So let's make this work because it works for this community. Yeah. You know, even, you know, Jessica was talking about new talents with the team. Right. So like so we, many new talents. We yeah. so we founded the Overland Expo Foundation, which um the raffle used to go to Consa Ventures, which was Roseanne and Jonathan's um foundation. And so we founded the foundation and um we've now named um Allison DeLapp as our executive director. So mm. she's gonna stay on board with us and really develop all of our causes, all of our, you know, strategic direction for the foundation and and you know, all the different overland um inspirational, you know, stories that we can fund 
and then also different organizations that we can fund to help their causes like the BDR and Tread mm. Lightly and clean up projects coast to coast. And What do you see as some of the needs within the community? What are the things that are being underserved that we should all be mindful of doing a better job of in your mind? I think protecting public lands and motorized access to public lands, mm-hmm. responsible use of public lands. I think, you know, and the foundation is going to have a great opportunity to kind of, again, reach across those different, you know, organizations like the outdoor recreation communities so so that we can work together and, and we can all, you know, use our, our public lands, you know, accessibly. The other thing I think that um, the foundation is going to be great at is actually supporting overlanders in, in very diverse, you know, categories. And yeah. and I think that, you know, we'd love to see, you know, more cultural it's uh, initiatives yeah, it's necessary. across the board. So, you know, the foundation is going to fund great overlanding communities across the entire, you know, internationally um, and across the United States that, you know, maybe we're highlighting some people that need to be highlighted in the community. Mm-hmm. No, that's wonderful. How do people get involved with the organization, with your not-for-profit? So um, people can apply for funding um, on our website, OverlandExpoFoundation.org. Allison DeLapp, she and the board of directors, Lindsay and I are on the board. Anthony um, Sicola is also on the board of directors. We review causes that have applied and um, we allocate funds throughout the year. So we we're in the process right now of allocating funds to different organizations and projects. There are 501c3s, and then there are also just individuals as well. We also this year launched a program, a scholarship program, where folks can apply to come to Overland Expo to basically get a complimentary Overland Experience package. So let's say you're just starting in the community and you want to come here and get trained, get outfitted, get inspired. You can apply for the scholarship, put you through the program. Our editors will follow you through the program and we'll make sure that your causes and what you're working on also get some notoriety across all of our channels. And then how would a a company get involved to help as well, to maybe help sponsor? We are developing that and we will let everyone know in 2022, hopefully in January. Cool. Awesome. First step this year was to really get this thing launched, Mm -hmm. do some fundraising, which we have done a tremendous job of this year, just using the events as a stepping stone for that. Um, And then next year is finding a new way to get industry involved. We also built two um, ultimate builds this year. One was with Honda on an Africa twin. That was our ultimate motorcycle build. And then also one with Toyota on a Toyota 4Runner. Um, both builds um, are de- debuted at our Mountain West event, which was absolutely fantastic. Great. Yeah, yeah great. we had great participation from the community and from the industry. Um, and then those are going to be raffled off with... I not, remember, not raffled. Sorry, not raffled Auction. off. Sorry, auctioned off at the end of the year, probably the 1st of November, around the 1st of November. Um, and with 90% of those vehicle, uh, the vehicle and the motorcycle... Uh, proceeds going to the foundation. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we're going to fantastic. So fundraising, we've done a really great job of fundraising. Now we really need folks to take a look at our program and the causes that we support and apply for funding because we are ready to start funding organizations. Yeah. So those are listening. If you want to go see the (laughs) world and you'd like to get a sponsorship to To come to Overland Expo, yes, this is your chance. So yes, absolutely, they want to help. It's scholarship. It is a scholarship. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Speaking of scholarship, I think Matt needs some more some champagne. Some champagne, it's time. <laughs> scholarship. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> the Overland Foundation will support you in that pour. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is quite the brunch here, guys. Yeah, I know. Today. We just yeah. need to. Yeah, I don't know. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yes. Absolutely. Cheers to brunch. Yeah. Yes. Brunch. Yeah. Cheers to champagne lunches. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a couple other things that come to mind for me is how do you see the event growing in the ways that you want to share? I mean, we now have three events in the country. Uh, they're all very well attended. What do you see as being the future or what are the next steps? What can people look forward to with the event going forward? Well, we are looking at an additional location. Um, it would be in a location that's um, that's definitely farther off the grid than our current three locations. So we can't tell you exactly what that is yet. Sure. We haven't finalized those details, but we're hoping that's going to be announced for 2022. But we're- it's definitely a region of the country that is like coveted. We, we all of our fans, the industry is telling us this is where we need to go next. Yeah, yeah Pacific and, and, North, and Northwest there- perfect. Asking us, they're begging us <laughs> to go to this region of the country. For sure. So we're so we're looking at that type of expansion. And obviously we want to grow the education components of all the events. You know, Flagstaff um, is as much as, you know, we have great attendance here. We're we're kind of out of space here. So yeah. this is um, this is I mean, you were the, limited by parking like yes. at, at this event, right? We're like you, you couldn't get, uh, yeah. get enough yes. shuttle space yes. and, and, and yes. everything. So 
So it's so it's a challenge here. Um, we we love this area. We love this place because it's so beautiful, and it really lends itself to a beautiful backdrop for Overland Expo. Well, well, do and you I think re- it'll stay in Arizona? Are we are we thinking staying in uh, in the Southwest? Ideally, or? we would love for this event to stay here right and here. to continue yeah. to find ways yeah. to manage audience with offsite opportunities. Okay. I mean, honestly, our problem right now is that, as you guys know, the industry is so strong and the demand is so high that events have gotten really large, and so. Yeah. trying to find spaces that well, can and, manage and an event of this size. companies are bigger too, you know? I mean, yeah, I remember yeah. when we first started coming over on Expo, everybody was camping, yes. you yes. know, but now it's a, it's a, it's a work thing. Like I can't have my staff camping yes. here and working 12 hour days and then being wrecked. Like you have to have that infrastructure and I could see it though. Flag like there's only flag so many cool. rooms. Flag only has so much space. Right. Well, and what was interesting is one of the last times that we talked, you said you hoped that the Mountain West was going to take some pressure yes. off of and Overland Expo West. But we created a new pressure. <laughs> new you, have, pressure. you just had 30,000 people show up. I know, I know, so. I know. It's, but, cr- it's crazy, but yeah. it's but it's good I, growth, you know? Yeah. It's good growth, but thank goodness we added the Colorado event because yeah. imagine what it would have been like here. But, you know, adding Colorado helped us to draw on some of those Pacific Northwest companies mm. that can't come all the way to Arizona. Sure. Yeah. So it was kind of ha- a halfway point for them to be a part of the show. But then, you know, like the events have gotten so big that our challenge is finding venues that can mm. accommodate an event of our size, mm. but that still have the character that yeah. like a Fort Tut Hill has in the mm. beautiful pine forest and the mountains. It's difficult. It is. It's very complicated. Yeah, so, you don't want to do it at like an NFL stadium or something. Right? Well, exactly. Like, but those places are cheesy. perfect to holding events, but yeah. not these types of events. Yeah, no. yeah. It'll, it'll definitely be a change of character for sure. Yes. But you are going to see some changes just in, you know, the education components. And, you know, one of the things we want to do across the board is to create very diversified education components, um, more, maybe even some more B2B programming. Obviously, there's a lot of folks here that already attend, that a lot of industry that obviously already attends from a a boost-based perspective. But we also have like a a lot of retailers that attend, a lot of buyers that attend to, you know, research products and see Mm -hmm. what's happening on the industry. So, you know, part of the education component this year was um, a panel each each show on alternative energies and just talking about like the future of overlanding and how, you know, how is electrification going to change the Mm -hmm. game? And, you know, we have some new, you know, we have some new technologies with like, you know, propane generators with ALP. And so it's really interesting to see, um, you know, the different panelists and, and what they bring to the table. And, you know, solar is just not the only game in town anymore. So there's a lot of different other things. We're interested to see what hydrogen is going to do. You know, this weekend we have, you know, Mercedes here, Volvo here. We have uh, Honda here. We have, um, you know, all the folks, the folks from Rivian showed up. And so that's cool. You know, it's just it's there's just a lot of conversation going around about it. So I think it's important for our our audiences also to be very educated and 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 how people are developing that technology. And for the most part, this community is very open to new technology. I mean, a lot of people in the industry are technologists. These are people that are working remotely. They're digi workers. They already see technology as a part of their daily life. I mean, they're certainly luddites, like myself, maybe in some ways, but. But um, I like lot- my V8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not only a V8, it's supercharged V8. <laughs> and hey, you know, the thing is, is like, that's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, we all know that. So, sure. you know, it's not going anywhere. It's going to change and develop. But like technology, it's just going to continue to move the needle. And, it will. and I think we just, you know, I think that to be at the forefront of, of that technology and to provide programming for it is important. Yeah. And it'll facilitate people spending more time in the backcountry. Like Starlink is a great example of that. Yes. And the, the ability mm-hmm. for people to work remotely broadband internet from pretty much anywhere. And yes. of course, that's where the education is so important. How do we minimize the impact to these really remote yes. and beautiful places? So now the, the next question I have is something that I've, I've noticed in the two of you is a very strong leadership, not only amongst yourselves, but with you and your team and in the industry. You both have been very active in being leaders for overlanding in ancillary markets like SEMA, outdoor retailer, and other spaces. Talk a little bit about your values in leadership and talk about the things that you two have learned as leaders in this space. Oh boy. Well, oh, there's a lot of things. <laughs> well, we could just talk about you two being sisters. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, there was some, sister, somebody, sister. somebody spiked somebody's shampoo with Nair, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, I got to 
Scott that is tell a that lie. story. Scott, that is that a lie. I mean, she did throw no, a spoon Scott, in my Scott, head. I think and that she she to you. did throw pepper <laughs> in my hair. It explains so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I have a bruise still on my, no, it's like a gash in my forehead. I had to have like real surgery because she threw a spoon at me. I ruined her modeling career. When I <laughs> <You're not laughs> terrible. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You had to become an event producer instead. I, I'm yeah. going to blame my hair situation on my sister putting nair in my yes, shampoo. So, but I have my only excuse. Yes, she got back at you. She did. I think, you know, leadership, right? I wouldn't say that we're the most fantastic leaders and that we have like some like 10 step program that, you know, it's that we could sit and talk about. Right. I think Jessica hit on it earlier. You know what we have here and and what we what we acquired from Jonathan Roseanne, like it had a foundation and that institutional knowledge and just listening, being open to, you know, new ideas and opinions and like being able to like take those ideas and opinions and really help Mm -hmm. those to Mm -hmm. grow and foster those. You know, I think we're both very good at that. So I think we also um, we spent a lot of time, you know, really uh, listening and finding out what each team member was good at, what their strong skill set was and giving them an opportunity to really shine in those areas. Um, And then also making them take some responsibility in those areas and tasking them with becoming experts in their field and feeling like they were experts in their field and then supporting decisions that they made on sighted events or you know, in our day to day, 365 days a year of operating the business. And I think our team feels like we support decisions that they make. Well, and then you also a great example of leadership is taking responsibility for your team. COVID hits. Absolutely. Your revenue essentially stops. And then you make the decision to not pay yourselves and pay your people. And that those are the kinds of things that I've heard about the character of you two that I think our industry needs going forward. We need to make make that. You're going to make us say the dirty P word and it's the word pivot. You're going to make us say that word. Just don't say synergy. So everyone. No, we won't say that. If you guys, honestly, if you want, if we ever have to say the word pivot again after this interview. So there's a great, um, there's actually a great scene from Friends when they're carrying this like couch (laughs) up this stairway and like Ross and and Rachel and I I can't remember all the characters that are in it, but they're like carrying this this couch and they're trying to get it up around this stairway that corners. And they're like, pivot, pivot, pivot. And Ross is like, Pivot! <laughs> and Rachel goes, we can't pivot anymore. <laughs> and You've done all the pivoting. Life. We're yeah. done, right? That was our life in 2020. And I feel sure. like the staff was like that. But at the same time, I mean, when you take an event team, right? And it's an event team, right? We have Eva Rupert, who's a food and beverage manager. Mm-hmm. We have Azure O'Neill, who is lo- like logistics, like moving shuttles and like placing. Operations like, queen. Yeah. And, Operations queen. And, and then you have, you know, Anthony, who he he's the director of sales for Atlanta Expo. Expo. He's he sells booth space. Mm. But with event without events, we have nothing to sell. You can't mm. sell booth space. You're not logistically right. doing anything. Mm-hmm. You definitely don't need a food and beverage manager. So at that point in time, and I, I got a great credit out to Nick James. He's a new addition to our team. He came on in He's uh, great. end He's of great. 2019. January 20, no, no, yeah. no, January 2020. And he came up with our, our editorial strategy and kind of came up with our our the compass, which is our publishing channel today. And sure. Um, and he basically turned our seasoned event professionals into editors and writers and content creators, photographers, videographers. It was pretty amazing. It's impressive. But Mm -hmm. what we found out was, you know, they are overlanders. They, they, that's what, this is what they do. And so, you know, like social distancing, it's what they do, you know? So they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, (laughs) hey, we got this. So our food and Bev manager became our motorcycle ambassador. And, you know, Azure um, went from a logistics manager to our director of programming and programmed all of our virtual events. You know, it's and Anthony, he's a fantastic writer and he's so inspirational in the way that he tells stories. So, you know, all of these folks became extremely important to a pivot, you know, <laughs> but but at the end of it, what we ended up with was, you know, this this absolutely fantastic group of folks. And on top of that, our virtual strategy, we had people we had what, 36,000 people attend our virtual education that had never visited overlandexpo.com before. Yeah. So we knew that those people were there. They're craving education. And so, and our people, like uh, the team, they were amazing in the way that they were able to do that. Everything with those virtual events was, that was kept in-house with our core team of professionals. They produced all of that. No, I'm not kidding you. There was a lot of crying. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the day that did we you announced pivot away it, from the crying? Uh, we, we did, and then, then we cried again, crying. and More then crying. we pivoted. And and I think that in the beginning they thought we were crazy. They really did think we were crazy, but then they were like, "This makes sense." Working. And today we have basically diversified our portfolio and made sure. ourselves more valuable to the community as no well. No question. Yeah. Hey, you found other ways to tell these great stories yes. that you have been telling in person. Yes. Now you're able to tell it through video, and yeah. and mm-hmm. Eva's done an amazing job with that, and mm-hmm. the yes. rest of your team, and you've got, and your editorial is fantastic, and yes. and people are following that, which is yes. I think so in, so important. And we are going to be launching in 2022. It'll be a pretty um, interesting educational, a virtual education and video strategy. So look forward to that rolling out. We also launched um, a program called Why We Roam this year, which is a video, um, a compilation video of like all of our community ambassadors, and it highlights great overlanders in the community. Um, you know, not necessarily our team, but like just folks that are doing really great things, you know, in, in the community. We're going to take a brief break and we will be right back. This week's episode is supported in part by iCamper. They make innovative hard shell and soft-sided roof tents that are designed to survive long-term overland use. Their revolutionary X-Cover won the Overland Journal Editor's Choice Award, eliminating the bulky PVC cover and also allowing for the fitment of crossbars for carrying bikes and kayaks. Their SkyCamp Mini is another award-winning design that provides a hard-shell tent in the footprint of a much smaller clamshell model. This is the perfect solution for smaller vehicles or on vehicles where rack space is is dedicated to other systems. iCamper believes that the best times are those spent traveling, discovering the world with those you love most. You can find out more about their quality tents at iCamper.com. So, Very cool. Yes. Well, it's impressive to see what you've done. Thank you. We appreciate that. But yeah, it wasn't just that. was like really well run this year. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like super tidy. Stop it. You want something, don't you? You want something. Matt has all he needs. I always want something. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It de- yes. We had our challenges this year. Um, huge. It, d- it wasn't on the fir- it wasn't on the surface. I didn't see it. Well, so. well, by design, that's good. We like to be ducks on the water, right? Underneath. So, the I did surface. hear some ambulance last night. Hopefully, everybody's okay. Everybody yeah, was okay. Everybody's yeah. okay. Everybody's yes. okay. Just maybe a little bit too much. Too much in. to drink. <laughs> wait, was that me? Yeah. Oh wait, wait. wait Dave, you don't remember that? <laughs> <laughs> too funny blame all of the hangovers on paul may oh yes right. e- every year fault. on sunday i have this idea one day a year i blame paul may <laughs> it's paul may <laughs> day. i hand them out to all of the people that have hangovers <laughs> yes. yes t-shirts yeah. i like this we should have paul may. but we're paul gonna may forget t-shirt. it after this day and then <laughs> sure. i'm gonna bring it yes. up again next year <laughs> on may. sunday next may right. when, yes. so is there a date for next year it is gonna be around like the third weekend in may okay cool. yeah. so back to the regular but, yeah schedule. regular traditional okay. date yeah, so like we'll that. announce our our full schedule in november okay awesome so I got to ask you, what was your favorite part about the show this year? Uh, having a lot of people in my booth buying things. I mean, I, I could lie. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was packed. I, I, we did a lot of classes, which was really cool to mm-hmm. be able to put that in the source book. And Good. we brought 7P in to assist with the teaching. Oh, great. Um, yes. You know, I love the equipped party every year. And I think it's really cool that that's kind of been allowed to, to stay because that is that is the the, the old guard get yes. together and, and I think of, that that's really it's really really important and it's right. it's so cool to see that it was a pivot yeah yes that was great I mean that's that's something that I look forward to I mean especially after the year that we all had or, mm-hmm. or are we saying it was two years now I mean like well, I don't know it what feels I don't like even, five I don't know yeah yeah after COVID-19 in 21 it, it was just nice it, it felt like the world was kind of starting to get back to normal last night and that was that was my favorite part Mm. what what about you scott well personally it's always wonderful to see people that i love and and that have been a part of my life for a long time i mean we've been doing this for 20 years so to see these people that have made my life Mm -hmm. possible because of Mm -hmm. their support is always just really meaningful to me as a business one of the things that was really fun is we launched the podcast in, it was a few days before Christmas in 2019. And then there were no events. <laughs> now we knew the podcast was doing well, like statistically it was doing very well. We had no idea if anybody in our community
community was listening. Maybe these were those ancillary folks or people who sure. don't, but it has been nonstop it's at great. this event. Everyone. How much, mm-hmm. how much so people great. have enjoyed the podcast. Um, we just went over a half a million downloads. So there's, there's things that are happening that are really meaningful. But the thing that was most meaningful to me is the person walking into the booth and saying, we love the like podcast. You were tracking us yeah. down. Yeah. It was great. I mean, like, I've been like ri- I love the connection. I was also yeah. a little bit mad because I've been writing for 10 years and doing these significant trips. <laughs> and now I do this stupid podcast yeah, exactly. and that's what people are like exactly. coming up to me for. They love, I'm it. Like, yeah. Yeah. They love it. I mean, like, it's cool. It's great. It's awesome. You're I'm, a total I'm not, celebrity. You I'm not, are. I'm not you are. They're like, can I have your autograph? <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I only had Scott ask for my autograph. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still trying to be as cool as Matt. It's okay. Yeah. I'll ask you for it. I'll be like, can you sign Sweet. my t-shirt? Yeah. I'll sign a t-shirt. There is a fee. Okay. Um, is it is it an upgraded boost space? 100%. <laughs> so that, feet. that has been, that's been really fun and reinforcing. And of course, it's just so many people here we've known for so long because we've sure. been doing this for a very long time. Even, even people all the way back to the Expedition Trophy days, I ran into Justin Pitcairn, who was like, he was famous from the Expedition trophy of jumping his jeep and his adventure trailer oh, man, in the i air. remember that yeah. oh wow and uh great friend and just to run into folks like that is really meaningful to me yeah. so the event is is so wonderfully run and it's a it's a testament to what this community is capable of Absolutely. i think not only the industry of this community but the individuals i guess that leads me to another question is what do you see going forward what should what should people anticipate going forward? What are you trying to promote more of where you'd like to have some maybe industry support? What areas do you see the industry going that people should know about? Well, I, I definitely will take I'm very passionate about this. So I serve on a couple of different boards. One is the the SEMA board of directors is something that I took on this June. Um, Congratulations and then, for that, by the way. Thank cool. you. I appreciate your endorsement, too. Of course, thank you, Scott. Um, so I also serve on the Off-Road Business Association. We're very active with Tread Lightly. And, you know, one of the things that obviously, you know, in 2020, we had so many people get out and start recreating. And, and again, you know, it goes back to education. You know, folks, when they're out there, they really do have to recreate responsibly because mm-hmm. it's really important. There's to so be, many people on the trails now, right? So like, many. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I think that foundation um, of education and is really important, but also, you know, as people that, and that promote products in this industry and Overland Expo is a place where you can come and get geared up. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of the people that participate in this event or any event, you know, if you're, whether you're going to an off-road event or you're going to an, a, an expo to sell, whatever it is, but if you create a product in this industry, you have an obligation. You do. You really do to create some kind of messaging around recreating responsibly because at the end of the day, like we don't have an industry. Well, it's like what happened with rock crawling, right? Is it was a huge thing. Then all the places started getting closed because people weren't recreating responsibly. Yes. Yes. And you know, it's, I just think it's really, that's what terrifies me with the UTV thing is it's such a big industry, but I have to say, like I go to Moab, I even go, you know, locally around Prescott and Things are so torn up right now. Yeah. And then even camping areas like the van life thing and the Overland thing is so popular. Yeah. That they're, you yeah. know. Haul out your poop, please. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> little, like Moab, literally, yeah. Moab literally had to shut down all camping because yeah. of human feces. Right. Like yeah. if we cannot be adult enough to haul out our own poop. Right. Yeah. Then do we really deserve to be in the back country? Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's basic, right? It, I know it's it, basic. It is an education thing, but you know, you, there's so many people that are new to this and yes. there's so many people that are in, 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 in the pandemic left the cities. Yes. I mean, I talked to so many people today. They worked for Google or they worked for Facebook or they mm-hmm. worked for whatever. They had like never camped or done anything before. Wow. So they go to Moab and they think I'm in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, no, you, you're not like, like there's, there's going to be thousands of people that drive down that trail each day. Right. And if each one of them does this, you know, goes a little bit wider on the trail yeah. or something, you end up with highways. Yes. Um, yep. and, and then they're closed and then they're yeah. closed. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then we don't have, you know, if we don't have the places for people to recreate, we don't as an industry have, you know, the ability to sell products to those people. You know, exactly. we saw that with, with rock run. we've already mm-hmm. seen it. We've already been through it. You know, there, there has to be that responsible voice. Like I've always advocated and say in the podcast, like we need to work with the forest service. We need to work yeah. with BLM to ensure that there are areas for overlanders to go. Yeah. Because right now it's just, you know, it, we're, we're running on like a 1970s management plan or something. Right. I, I'm, I'm not saying that's the actual case, but it sure seems like it. But um, there are, you know, and I got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, there are places in this country that 
do not should not be motorized recreation. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, that's why we have wilderness areas. That's and, right, and yeah. and there is there's a place for that. And again, mm-hmm. you know, this public land debate, like we can all recreate responsibly, and we can all be in this public land debate, and we can use our public lands. But you know, I, I do think that you know if you if you if you serve a product up to this industry, we as you know industry leaders in this community, we really have to take the stance of protecting you know protecting our right to recreate. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of that is us educating the community. And so starting a movement of, you know, responsible recreation, I don't think it's a terrible thing. So it's not, it's real, it's essential for our future and it's essential for future generations to be able to enjoy the backcountry the same way that we have. I mean, I hope that my nephews get a chance to see the same places that I have. And if we keep going out with groups of 20 or 30 vehicles, it's not going to happen. It's just not responsible. Well, and there are, there's so much of this country that you, I mean, you can't see it on foot. No, right. you can't see it on foot yeah. and you can't yeah. see it. I mean, even on a, a mountain bike, you know, you, there are places that you do need uh, the, you know, uh, an OHV access, mm-hmm. you know, area. But I just hope that I, I agree. I hope 20 years from now that, you know, we're still promoting Overland Expo and, yeah. and we still can yeah. get out there because it's really important. I mean, there's no reason to come to an Overland Expo to get trained and inspired if you can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So we all have to work together on that. And I yes, think that that's, do, right. that is, that is so important. And it's so refreshing to hear you both say that. And acknowledge that the future of our industry includes responsible use. And we talk about it on the podcast all the time because we don't have a future if we don't do that. And there's a lot of places to go. You know, I think one of the traps that the industry falls in and and honestly, us as media fall into is we kind of we tend to promote the same places. Like, sure. like stop going on the Mojave road. Yeah. It's getting right. loved to death. Yeah. You know, like so much, like love. stop going to Moab. The best part about somebody who loves Utah, like I love Utah is Moab because that's where everybody goes. It's, it's, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the magnet for mm-hmm. everything and it leaves mm-hmm. everything else like, you know, completely untouched. Yeah. I mean, open like, up a map, look for a road in the middle of nowhere and go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Try something, challenge, actually. try something yes. new, try something new, uh, reduce your impact. Don't, don't uh, geotag your campsites oh, yes, on absolutely. social media. There's just a lot that we can do. These are basic things that allow us to preserve these places for future generations. We're so fortunate to live in this country and we're so fortunate oh. to have public as- access and that involves keeping it that way. So Scott, when are you going to take Jessica and I on a international? <laughs> we, we have been asking you since yeah. 2019. Not, not to pressure yeah. you on the podcast. Let's go to, have you been to Baja? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, well, I've been to Baja, yeah. but do you have not trucks? that way. Not that way, though. Yeah. Do you have yeah. trucks? You can, can take our trucks. ultimate builds. Yes. There you go. Take the yes. ultimate four take the ultimate yeah. build. We can take the ultimate mm-hmm. builds. We, Let's do it. We may I have thought extra you were gonna trucks. Say, just, I thought you were going to okay. say like Mongolia. I mean, I, I think that's what Mongolia. I said the other we day. We have been talking about <laughs> Mongolia since 2019. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the, the plan always was Silk Road with the Gladiator. Yeah, that's right. So Tajikistan, we're, we're, we're planning this Africa trip. That's a little bit secret. Oh, yeah. it's not yeah. secret anymore. Yeah. Secret, it's secret. a little bit secret. It's more, a little bit more, secret. more secret soon. Secrets the, the are no fun. The car is secret. It, oh, the car okay. is secret, it's not but, Africa. I mean, we're, we're, what were we talking? We're talking southernmost point to the Ooh. highest point to the lowest point to the northernmost. Point. That sounds. But getting through Libya right now is a little, little yeah. challenging. Yeah. yeah. Although I've, I met friends in Libya. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So have you? Have you also? I mean, has overseas and internationally? I mean. Obviously, we usually have a lot of international instructors that come, you know, to Overland Expo and we weren't able to host those folks this year. But have you seen, you know, travel, you know, ease up overseas? No, it's it's still a challenge, uh, yeah. which is, for example, why I stepped onto a sailboat to go out in yeah. the middle of the Pacific. So the, I, it's as hard. a traveler, it's yes. hard to get places. Mm-hmm. As a traveler, I found a different way. Matt was just able to go to Tanzania recently. Yeah. And it was not easy, like getting to the Serengeti right now. You know, South African Airlines shut. You yeah. can't fly through Ethiopia because they're like at war. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you have to go to, through all these different places. And then you have the requirements of all the COVID testing. You have to jump through sure. all these hoops, right. which there's if there's <laughs> hoops that that's great. You can jump through, but um, it's just not attainable for most yeah. people. I mean, it was our honeymoon, so we were willing to spend a little bit more, but we probably spent $2,000 on COVID testing for our honeymoon. Holy cow. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, like, like one of our favorite 7P trainers like came in, you know, Duncan Barber, he's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Came on, came in from um, Scotland. Uh, I think he was stuck during Mountain West during our actual show in Colorado for two weeks in Mexico City because he was like, I'm not missing West. No way. Now, I'm not so missing West. Yeah. Yes. And now there were other yeah. 7P trainers that were stuck in the Virgin Islands. And I was like, I would rather be stuck in the Virgin <laughs> Islands. That sounds than terrible. Stuck in Mexico City. <laughs> 
They both sound great. Mexico City has been stuck in worse places. <laughs> I think so too. I we think were so too. we were sad though that you know some of our core presenters like Simon and Lisa Thomas, sure. and Ted Simon, and sure. uh, Sam Manicom. You know these guys weren't uh, able to come over this year, and that broke us right broke our hearts because we want for sure. You always see them here, and they're yeah. staples at the show, and they're so inspiring. Oh, they're so, so wonderful. Sure. They're such incredible supporters of this event. Sam sent Lindsay and I both separate emails last week, just words so of lovely. encouragement. And you guys are doing a great job. We support what you're doing. Can't wait to see you when we could, when we see you. Well, I think at the moment is that we have to be just as we do when we travel, we have to be adaptable and we have to be open-minded. We're not going to be able to go the places that we want. Um, so we will find a way. Adventure will find a way. And that may mean like Mexico right now is open. So that's a place for people to go. Um, there Can- are Canada's open now. Canada just opened up in the last couple of weeks. So there are possibilities for people to go and travel. It just may be different than what we originally planned. And and I think that that's part of what makes travel so interesting is that, you know, I'm, I've rocked up at borders and I find out that the country's at war and I'm like, oh, I've got to find another way. And you Let's find, an, you find, an, you find another way. And, and I think that that's part of the joy of travel is being able to adapt to that. And I think that that is one of the hallmarks of this event is that you have always brought in these thought leaders, these truly experienced travelers, not just good marketers, real travelers. It's easy to fill a docket of salespeople that are going to tell people what they should buy when they don't really need to buy much of all of it. Um, but you haven't done that. You've brought in real travelers that have been around the world and they're inspiring people. They're educating people and and they may buy some things along the way, but that's not the premise of it. And I think that that's the most important thing. And, I, and that for me, that is why I still believe in this event as much as I do, is that you both have shown incredible leadership even through this crisis. You've taken good care of your people and then you've taken good care of the community by reinforcing training, a love for travel, not making the vehicles and the gear the forefront. Um, and I think that that says a lot about you too. It's it's really all about the people. And we we truly believe that. And you know what you were saying about the education series, there's a lot of demand for brands to be involved in education. Mm-hmm. And we are dedicated to keeping that brand agnostic yeah. because we really feel like it's all about the people and their stories and their experiences. Yeah, I mean, and we want to keep, keep that clean. Yes, yeah. definitely. Well, and Scott, we have to give you a shout out because I know that you had a hand in, in helping this event rise to where it is today, being yes. a great media partner and also yeah. Thank you know, you. part of the contributing team that helped to uh, found the it's event. Been, it has been this s- event together. It has been so fun, the entire process. I'm so I'm so grateful for all of it. And of course, I am just a very small cog in my own team's wheel. And I'm just fortunate, again, to like you two, I'm so fortunate to have an amazing team of people that are all smarter than I am. Thank goodness. So, you know, so we're, we're, we we're, feel the same. We're really, we're really lucky. So for Every, sure. everybody at your office always asks me like, when can Scott travel again? When, when, when is Scott coming back? <laughs> right. I think they want you out They're of like, here. Don't you, don't you want to go somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please leave. Please leave. I yes. love that. That's good. Okay. We're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, you know, it's really interesting because last year when we weren't traveling as much. I mean, we used to be on the road every other week mm. and you know, we, we got to give a shout out to our husbands because we <laughs> oh, were home all Lord. year last year. <laughs> yeah. And they, they have never had us around that much. much. Oh, wow. And they were like, wow. That's a lot of time together. <laughs> a lot of togetherness. A lot of togetherness. Yeah. So this will be a fun question for each of you. What is the place that you've been on your own travels that you loved the most? The place that you are drawn to um, in your own travels that you've really, you've really loved. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to launch in Colorado was not only to relieve this event of some tension um, and to to give it give other you know, other options for folks. But, um, I, I guess I, I am speaking for Jessica and myself in this, that, you know, Colorado has always been a state that we absolutely love. We've vacationed there since we were little kids. The Rockies are always calling us. Oh, the good. mountains are we always love, we're, calling we're us. We're avid snow skiers. So oh, there we, you go. any day of the week, we'd rather be on the slopes, honestly. So Whether, <laughs> and, and we love the summers out there. We love to hike and mm-hmm. kayak. And There's not a bad season. No, I, I actually love Indianapolis in the summer. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Yes. Hey, it's not bad. It's I can not actually, bad. I can I actually love hear tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we love Indianapolis in the summer because that's where our friends are, our family. Are. That's yeah. where we grew up. Um, yes. But we'd rather be in Colorado in the summer. Uh, <laughs> yes. So good that. timing. Why not make an event a place that you want to spend time? Well, honestly, we since we've been producing events, we always said we wanted to produce an event in Colorado. So selfishly, we did yeah. add that event. But 
but also because it's a, an adventure mecca, we knew the, totally. the demand was there, but it was a great opportunity to expand. No, that was a yeah. great choice for sure. Mm-hmm. But we are, we're, we're mountain dwellers. 100%. Yes. We love the cool mornings. What's your favorite town in Colorado? Tell you ride. Tell mm, you used to live there. Love. You did? Yeah. Ridgeway. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. You were just there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's where well, I just got ago. married there. Yeah. Oh, my oh gosh. you did? All the lakes. It was amazing. All the lakes, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, my husband and I have been looking at places in Uray. Yeah. I mm-hmm. freaking love My father in law grew up in Uray. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it there. Yeah. Yeah. She has family that just, um, her on her husband's side, they just bought a place in Leadville. Oh, yes. right on. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Leadville, Colorado. And so we spent some time out there. Right after Mountain West, we actually went out for about two weeks yeah. and spent some time there. So. Lindsay took her mother-in-law out in our ultimate forerunner and my she mother-in-law. Was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this <laughs> that is, went okay. This is an 80 year old woman and she literally could uh-huh. not stop taking pictures. Yes. I mean, she well, was that's, like, now that's normal. That's cool. She does love to take pictures. She does love to take that's pictures. Good. Yes. But I'll tell you what, she was like, put me in that forerunner lady. Let's go. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and she brought some chocolate chip cookies with her. too. That's right. She's, that's that's what, she's the cookie maker, man. Yes. Like we lived on cookies for like three days. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> is there is there anything that you two would like to share with our audience before we ask how they can find out more information about the event? I just want to say thank you. Yes. Thank you to everyone. Thank you this weekend for everyone's patience. We had tremendous walk up at this event that we weren't even expecting. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of folks that had a lot of patience with us with the shuttle buses. And we appreciate that more than you know. Uh, we are working diligently behind the scenes to add more shuttle buses and get people into the events faster and create better experiences. Um, around um, pretty much for every event that we're producing. So um, we just appreciate the fans. We appreciate the community, our followers. And um, we're just excited to hopefully produce more really cool live event experiences and bring a people more event, content. A fourth event is very exciting. So we look yeah. forward to hearing the announcement on that, Soon. which we'll, of course, share with our audience as well. Scott, we may give you like a heads up. Or uh, like, I like that. You know that we like to, we like to <laughs> make like sure you know things. I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. How do people find out more information about Overland Expo, your Compass content mm-hmm. channel, and how do they find out more also about your new not-for-profit? Everything is accessible at overlandexpo.com. Um, that's kind of a hub of all of our information. And then we have little spokes on the wheel from there. So you can find it all at overlandexpo.com. And then on Instagram, you're at Overland Expo. Correct. And then any other, like your TikTok? I mean, I don't know. Okay. We did start <laughs> Wait, a TikTok. Are we, are we We're dabbling. <laughs> We're trying to dabble. We just don't I still, know. I don't know what there. I'm supposed to do. I, I like, <laughs> I, I downloaded it and I'm like, uh, this is doesn't, this isn't working. Scott, do you have a TikTok? Dance? I do not have a TikTok. Do people dance? That's like um, where the dancing video. Do you you do I don't dance and I don't about, sing and I don't have a cat. Dancing. So. How about right after this podcast, we go film a little TikTok with our <laughs> champagne? Oh <laughs> my God. That foundational content. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> that's so Scott's good. like, no. Yeah. No, I'm in. I'm in. I'm totally in. We, we totally can make in. our TikTok debut. Oh. We could. I'm excited for this. Very exciting. At Overland Expo West. Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk tick. Yeah. Matt, any other questions for these two amazing humans here? I'm just so excited that the event has kept its soul. You know, mm-hmm. that I think that was the worry. That was the that was the chatter. And, you know, it just it's over an expo, but it's kind of just run better. That's yeah. like, really, not, not, not that, that. Not, I mean, not to say that like Jonathan and Roseanne didn't run it well. It's just like they did their very best. They, sure. They Something did. Growing you that professionally quickly. run events, yes. you know, and it's grown, which grows the industry. It's just nice to see. Yes. And thank well, you for, I mean, it is a family yeah. owned and operated business. Lindsay and I are sisters. We work together every single day. Sister, sister. We make a lot of decisions while <laughs> drinking wine. So we hope you like our decisions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah. And I think the team, you know, the team enjoys the fact that, you know, their, their voices are heard. They, you know, they can throw up a crazy idea and we're like, well, I don't know. You want to throw some money at that? See if it works. We throw things <laughs> at the wall to see if they stick all the time. All the pivots. All, all oh, the pivots. you had to say it again. <laughs> and that bombshell. Right. <laughs> thank, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. Sure. And thank you for your leadership in the community and being an inspiration to so many of us. You've done a great favor to this community with what you're doing. And we cannot wait to see what comes next. That means a lot. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, you're thank so you. welcome. Thank you. Thank and you. we thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you next time.